Independence Day. Bonus episode. Protest edition. <laughs> Welcome to Women Travel, a podcast about the places women have been and the things they did here. I'm your co-host, Annika, and today we're going to be talking with Morgan and what it's like to protest in a red state in Boise, Idaho. Hi, Morgan. Thanks for having me on. This is great. You're welcome. I graciously added you to uh, my podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it took you one episode to take over, and I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so let's let's talk about the political climate that's going on right now, and yeah, let's know, just figure that one out in fifteen minutes. Yeah, in just fifteen, you know, we'll we'll cover it, we'll nail it down. But um, specifically, what it's like joining protests for Black Lives Matter in Boise, Idaho. So I know you went to protest last Saturday at the Botanical Gardens. So. Tell, tell me about that. That one was pretty unique. So I've been to quite a few protests. When I was in college, I went to quite a few protests or rallies for uh, queer rights and the right to marry. Um, and then I also got really involved with the uh, Women's Day celebrations after Trump was elected. And so that's in Montana and L.A. And then... After moving to Boise, I've started trying to help improve that those communities and their and to get their voices louder, because there's a there's a big Latinx community in Boise, Idaho, and in the Pacific Northwest, and they're not being treated equally, and uh, there's a lot of systemic racism that needs to be fixed. Sure, I would say living in in Boise, Idaho for 18 years is that. Boise likes to pride itself that we're very immigrant friendly and you know and they call it the melting pot of America but um, in my experience that's not really true and it's a false advertisement. And I've really fallen in love with the tossed salad metaphor where people are allowed to maintain their own boundaries <laughs> and you know if I'm a tomato I, wa- I get to stay a tomato. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing really hard because tossed salad means something completely different in the queer community. Rad, thanks. Um, so, so anyway, Sorry. have fun googling that. Um, so, so with the but the protest that I went to was actually not mixed. Oh, and I've especially when I worked in LA, um, there was one company I worked for where I remember. I, a majority of the people who worked there were black and they uh we, we did comparisons of like oh well my ch- childhood involved a lot of this and my childhood involved a lot of this and most of them had completely different childhoods like everything from what they watched to what they hmm. wore to what they thought was cool as a kid was just like very different and pretty much the only overlap was the fresh prince of bel-air <laughs> not the proud family no that was a little bit later so. oh okay <laughs> In Boise, the way that, especially, so that was the, it wasn't exactly a protest. It was actually a Juneteenth celebration. And so uh, people of color were invited to attend 
you know, leaning heavily on inviting black people to that event. Mm. And it was a really big party with music and food and that kind of stuff. And then across the street, it was strongly recommended um, that all of the non-black people hang out there. So that's a phrase that we're definitely going to see a lot more is non-black or non-African. So what, what it was actually designed for was in case, um, in case racist people came to protest the emancipation celebration, that they would be protected by oh. white bodies in response. Yes. Um, so it was more, it turned out to be more of a training. Yeah. Then, um, then a protest earlier in the week, there were two protests for defunding the police. And that was a straight up protest. Um, just a lot of chance. Um, one person who was kind of the head of uh, black lives matter community and kind of organized it. And then people showed up with posters. Uh, I clearly remember at that one that was at city hall, we were on a main mm -hmm. street and most people would either quietly pass by or like a few people would be like, yeah, um, one car. And it was a freaking minivan oh, just blared their horn. Like, and there was a delay, like they went past like 20 feet and then realized what we were <laughs> protesting about and then just like went for it. And I'm like, Ooh, that Karen is mad. <laughs> Before that, there was a George Floyd vigil, though it was peaceful at the protest. I, I want to make that very clear. All of these protests, all of these gatherings have been very peaceful. At the George Floyd one, I think it, there was a total of like 5,000 people showed up or something insane like that. Uh, definitely more than what they expected, uh, the organizers. What's frustrating is the, the counter agitators are such assholes and like I can't I don't want to soften that at all they're yeah. just being assholes this was a vigil for people who have died and saying that their lives mattered and that this issue is worth taking a moment and and feeling sorrow about it mm -hmm. and then a big ass loaded redneck truck with like American flags and blaring country music would drive behind the group or like drive around it and this is becoming more and more of a thing in downtown Boise where like we're trying to be a pro progressive city and then these <laughs> straight up I don't know fascists are coming through with their super loud diesels and they're using noise pollution yeah. to like directly agitate and to drown out um these problems and I think I mean that's why persistency is so important mm -hmm. Because that's the only way to eventually get some people to change their minds. I'm really curious because, like... That was a long... Sorry. No, no, no. I love it. <laughs> like, I completely believe you, like, about the peaceful protests because, like, in comparison to, like, other cities, um, like, Boise, Idaho is, like, nothing. But we're still, like, trying to contribute, which is awesome. But I'm really curious, like, did you see any, like, police? You say nothing, but they're, they're definitely, like I said, there's a very big Latinx community in Boise that's underrepresented, that's not talked about, that's not acknowledged. They are hidden, and they are pushed to other parts of the city or to adjoining cities in the metropolitan area. And there are also a lot of Black people who are in this community um, who are underrepresented. So I just want to say that, like, they are here. It's just in Boise, Idaho, they aren't given a voice. Yes, for sure. Yeah, thank you for correcting me on that. Um, you're 100% correct. 
correct. But I am curious, like, how did the police, like, react to you guys protesting? Did you find they're kind of, like, being the same kind of assholes like everyone else is doing in the world? Like, obviously you guys aren't getting, like, tear gassed or rubber bullets. I'm assuming. (laughs) Unfortunately, I think the protest numbers would have to grow in Boise in order for the police to truly get mad. Um, Unfortunately, I haven't really spoken or or been in contact with people that I know who work for the police or who are on the police force. So um, with COVID, it's harder to to have discussions about that and to see how they're feeling. All I know is that they didn't show up to the protests, um, for better or worse. And, (laughs) you know, like like on one hand, the implied protection would be nice, but we're learning more and more that the police don't necessarily prevent crime. They just are often the ones called after a crime, um, which is uh, worth noting. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's rough. So Tuesday, June 30th, I went to another protest, and this one turned out to be a lot more people and a lot more violent. Even from two blocks away, you can hear sirens outside of that motorcyclist. A whole row of motorcycles are parked on State Street, two blocks away from this protest. Some of them with American flags. And... In this kind of situation, it's impossible to know what side they're on. Someone's been playing a siren to silence the original protest for black lives and defunding the police. A friend of mine went there earlier before I arrived and he claimed that the police were there just making sure everything was safe. They must have been notified or tipped off that there was going to be some conflict or some conflicting parties at least. There were biker gangs that showed up and the crowd is spilling out onto the streets. And they were wearing confederate flags on their vests along with Nazi symbols on tattooed on their arms to clarify the people protesting to defund the police were there, they were organized, they had planned to arrive and and give speeches like they had been for the past couple of weeks. And then the counter-protesters showed up. So it was the counter-protesters who started shoving in and basically were trying to shut up the Black Lives Matters speakers. What a lot of the protesters did is they linked arms and created a border border wall And I love numbers. I'm a big numbers guy, statistics, math, all that stuff. So, did you know if you took the entire fire department budget and the housing budget and the social works budget and combined them for a fiscal year, you would still be $20 million short of the police budget? To no one's surprise, (laughs) Idaho has a very loud and very proud racist community. And there have been hints and whispers and rumors about that for decades. So, especially since the uh, KKK 
breaking up out of Coeur d'Alene and uh, the Pacific Northwest is just known as a place for like a lot of white people to hide after the Civil War to retreat. So really no one's safe until all the retreatable spaces for racists are no longer existing. I've seen so many videos because unlike Morgan, I'm immune compromised. So because of the COVID coming around, I, I can't go out into large publics like this and large masses, despite me like desperately wanting to go. How I get my knowledge is like through social media and how I try to like protest is... Uh, watching those compilations of videos that help mm, make bail for those who are wrongly arrested during these protests, or they use the money to uh, fund like black queer communities or any sort of like black education funds, stuff like that. And so I really try to forward that education as much as possible. So I'm not just like laying in bed and just watching it from the TV, like. Even though I'm home because I'm immune compromised, I can still contribute, even in a small way. I really respect, like, I appreciate that you brought up that Black queer alliances are, are building, because that's definitely a thing that's come up in the past decade or so that wouldn't have existed before. And that's what I'm talking about when feminists, when I'm saying, like, if you identify as a feminist, you also need to identify as, a, as an equalist and, and anti-racist because we're stronger today. For sure, and a, a lot of, like, the big movements in feminism in, or in achieving, in achieving that equality usually comes from black women. Uh, so, like, a lot of people say, like, Stonewall is the start of the gay rights activism, but it's really not. It's just the, the aftermath of so many years of trying to fight and not really hearing anything. And it was led by Marsha P. Johnson, who is a trans female and black. And a lot of people forget about her, which is so upsetting. Um, and it's just like the same nowadays, like people are not really remembering why you have these positions of powers is because it's off the back of people of color who have risked everything for you to be where you are now and it's like if you're not willing to carry on their name and legacy like you shouldn't be part of that movement at all <laughs> just one takeaway that i hope anyone takes from this is like when you're celebrating the fourth and you're celebrating these rights to protest and the rights to speak out you also are, uh, it also helps so much when you're having these conversations moving forward with like your family and friends to mention people, to mention Marsha or to mention Bessie Coleman, to mention these people who have risked so much. Um, because when you add a real human's name, it represents, you know, all of the value of that human. And when we talk about groups and when we talk about movements, I've realized that that's really the necessary part in order to have those conversations. Because if you don't have a name, people will then just misconstrued it into being, well, this is just a violent movement with no purpose besides wanting to wreak havoc. But if you put those names forward, and you're like, no, 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 this is for protecting the rights of Marsha or George Ford, 
point. <laughs> Dang it. But putting those names forward, it's it forces people to face a side of humanity that they like to forget because it's easier to see of movement as just this angry mob with no name but it's harder to dismiss it if it has a name and it has a face i i just really want to know what kind of stories that were told at the protest like in terms of like, what did you okay. learn or experience or... Oh, boy. Or, or you're smiling, so you have something. I have opinions. So I'm going to just do comparison. At the George Floyd vigil, they had a lot of organization, which I'm sure helped a lot, but they also had a lot more people. And so there were a lot more diverse voices. And everyone who spoke that night was identified as a person of color. So... Um, and, and there were quite a few personal stories told of the discrimination that they've experienced, the hardships, and even the violence that they have experienced, even in Boise. When I went to the defunding rally at City Hall, there were very few people of color there. I suspect that's because travel time is very difficult when you're living in the kind of like um, for for people who don't live in Boise, there's Meridian and Caldwell and Nampa and Cuna and Star and Eagle and all of these other places that are like a guaranteed 40-minute drive if you want to get into Boise. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. And you can't really, it's very difficult to afford to live in Boise unless you get very lucky. <laughs> I think that was a big part of it. It was a work day and also there's very little organization. Like there was very little warning beforehand. And so... There's this term called white tears. <laughs> Sorry. It makes me so cringy. Yeah. Um, specifically, what I noticed was that um, quite a few white women went and spoke uh-huh. at the mic <laughs> at City Hall. Um, one in particular did the crying thing i'm so sorry my people have ruined you that kind of thing it was more like she has friends who are black and she doesn't want to see them die okay okay in summary that was that 15 minute speech (gasps) and and i know that there's a lot of socialization about like you know speeches and and women crying and like being emotional and like that that's so frowned upon and i i mean so there was a trial very recently in the past year where um there was a, a woman who claimed that this man had raped her and it was there was so much laser focus and there was so much control over how her case was presented that you can like audibly there is a significant difference um in how she presented her case and testified and then his is just like wailing and angry and defensive and just so emotional and it over and over again the conversation was if a woman had reacted that way she would have immediately been blown off she wouldn't have even gotten that case if she had been that emotional and so i know there's a lot of socialization that i carry that if a woman is is in public speaking and and displays emotion that it's a negative thing on their character whenever i critique someone i I realize it's a critique on myself but white tears silence um oftentimes are like a power move um to manipulate the situation and then and then to ignore what is happening or what we're all there for which is not to feel sad about her friends 
though that's valid. Yep. We were there because we wanted to defund the police and renegotiate that money in city council. If I could say, hey, stop doing this to all white people, it would be like, stop crying in a mic. No one wants to see your tears. <laughs> yeah, unless you're like the defendant or something, unless you're the person in the limelight. But even then, dude, just like... No, no, stop crying in front of a mic. There are other places to cry. <laughs> Go cry, go cry counseling. You got friends, you got family, you got privacy. Like, I think, I don't know, this is definitely my personal opinion, but like, crying should mostly be done in private and not in front of a mic. How do you feel about nervous criers, though? The ones that like get so nervous that they're just like, <laughs> so, so I have a nervous laugh, and so I will remove myself from situations where that are really tense um, so that I don't do that. Uh, and then I'll come back when I can, you know chill out a little once I've like uh reduced my internal anxiety levels um out of respect for the conversation that's being had right now so I don't know if that's the same thing I don't know much about nervous crying I'm just assuming they're very similar going forward do you have any advice for people who are learning and are white and are trying to relearn how to use the privilege is there is there a way or not a way, but is it is this there something? Is a very common quote from most therapists, pretty much all therapists say this. If you find something that makes you uncomfortable, sit with it. Learn what it is. Figure out where that's coming from and then go and find resources that talk about it. That's the only way you're going to be able to grow um, is to acknowledge the discomfort like especially with with white fragility and especially with um the racism that is often shown in under the guise of feminism that made me get incredibly uncomfortable because i was like no I'm, I'm all about women doing better like regardless of race and then i was like oh shit <laughs> a lot of feminists have done some irreparable damage here and unless and so you know city I had to be really uncomfortable to to find out more answers. Um, and if you are a, a white woman um, who's worried about being racist, just listen to Yoga and Dead and confirm the fact that you have lived a racist life and need to sit with that, do some a lot of reading, um, and and just try to do better. So and and don't expect yourself to be perfect no, at it. No, no, no. Yeah, for sure. It takes a yeah. lot of work. I think that's. I, sorry, I just wanted to add that I think that's the um, the whole why there was so much pushback against the PC culture is because people were demanding perfection from that. Um, and the education behind it felt a lot slower. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll just add that it takes a lot of work to change, but it's doable. So don't let the amount of reading and unlearning you have to do frighten you because yes it's going to take some time mm -hmm. and you are still going to make mistakes but in the long run you're going to have a better perspective you're going to be more accepting and you're going to be more willing to find these unique stories in quotation uh and i don't know what else to add to that <laughs> just keep in mind that they're all people yeah. and they're all human stories yeah. and that's what, hey, if you like this show, you're definitely going to like reading some more biographies. 
And, and if you don't, because that's pretty much. And if you don't like reading biographies, just keep listening, because we'll we'll just feed it to you. And also, uh, there is a Black Women Travel podcast that I noticed on Patreon. Um, like I said, there's Yoga is Dead podcast. Um, there's the Minority Report, uh, which is also these are all really good ways to touch on a different perspective. I'm not saying you have to like love it, but like give them a chance. S- support Black creators, artists. Yeah. Just, just support black creators and artists and just try to help push the word out that there's more than just a white perspective. 